welcome back to another episode of That's My Personal Business. Or if you're new here because you found this episode through today's guest, Larkin Kendall, welcome. I'm your host, Eden Strader. I am a destination wedding photographer turned business coach, and now I get to help creatives like you build a beautiful business to lead to a beautiful life. And that's kind of the foundation of all things here. So whether you just listen to Larkin's episode or you dive into some other ones, we talk about the complexities and nuances of our personal lives being intertwined with our businesses how to have a fulfilling life in both aspects. So anyway, a little bit about me, but I'm not going to keep you too long in this intro before we get into Larkin today. I am so excited for her interview. She was so incredible to talk to. It's obviously no surprise to anyone that Larkin is just a pioneer in the photography industry and the way that she approaches things. And she does things very differently. And so it was just amazing to hear a little bit more about her journey and her process. So I'm really excited for you guys to get some insight into that. On a more, I'm like, let's let's do some housekeeping really quick before we dive into things. We have the first day of the Becoming Retreat today when you're listening to this. If you're listening to it on Monday, the retreat here in New York City is finally happening and I'm so incredibly excited. So kind of will be a little hands off with socials other than showing you guys behind the scenes. So come follow along because it's going to be magical. I'm literally so excited. I know I'm going to cry all the time. I cry so much. I already have shed several tears even just thinking about it. So I'm so excited about that. We also launched a new photography freebie on emotional versus technical photography and how to intentionally use both to better your work and start scaling towards more five, you know, five figure packages and, you know, enjoy your artistry more while serving your clients better. So we'll link that for you guys below in the show notes as well. We have two spots left for becoming the nine month program and one spot left for February, February. VIPs. So if you are looking to get some one-on-one support leading into the new year, starting in February before busy season picks up, we will link the applications for you guys below. So I'm so excited to have you here, whether you've been here for the last three years or whether you're just joining us today. I'm incredibly excited for you to get listen to Larkin, all of her good stuff, all of her knowledge. She shares so many amazing tidbits. So let's get into it. and welcome back to the podcast today we have Larkin Kendall I said that right right I second guess myself as soon as I said said all of that right it's okay I get called so many versions of that name Larkin is is what it is that's correct okay beautiful um I knew it was and then I said it and I was like no what if that's incorrect but welcome to the podcast Larkin Larkin and I have been trying to get here for a second and also my schedule is a nightmare it's like yeah. the holiday, end of the year, wedding, boom, everything. So I'm just so stoked to have you on and chat with you because like we were just talking about, I honestly thought we had met in person until I saw your face. And then I was like, I knew you look like that. But now that I'm having a conversation with you, we have not met yes. in person, even though it's been years. No, it's been years. Okay. I would love for anyone who like lives under a rock and doesn't know who you are. Can you tell us a little bit about you? Yeah, I am a... uh mother of three children. I live on a farm, a 1300 acre wheat farm in Eastern Washington on the Idaho border. And I am a wedding photographer. Uh, Somehow I have fallen into that. And so it's been like eight years. It was a completely accidental move. And I also do a lot of education. I have my own little platform, mother photographer that I I show people how I do things. and, And if they're open to receiving that, then they hang in there for for some months or I guess eternity. I don't know how it's going to work out, but that's what I'm doing right now. 
super cool. Can you tell us a little bit more about the accidental? I like love hearing about how people got into this career, especially because it's yeah. just so different than it used to be. I've also been doing it for like six and a half, seven years. And like, it used to be so different. So I would love to hear how it you fell into this. Something else. Well, what happened was it's kind of a very long story, but I'll give you the cliff notes. Um, I was evicted from my house by my husband's mother when I was seven months pregnant, when we were expecting our second child. Um, we had a four-year-old and a seven-month-old. My husband lost his job, the farm. He's a farmer. Um, and we entered into a lawsuit with her over the farm for four years. During that time, I had already quit my, I was waiting tables. I was like sort of aimless. So I was about mm -hmm. to have a baby. So I quit that. And then one, two, three, the dominoes fell one after another. And we found ourselves basically without anywhere to go and no job. So during the years that preceded that, I was posting a shit ton of photos of my kids to Facebook. We've all been taking photos forever. Um, and some of us just, you know, attract other people toward they want us to do it for them. I kept saying, no, I'm not going to do it for you. I didn't feel comfortable like taking on it as work. But then when this happened to me, I sort of had no choice. And it was kind of like the universe just pushed me um, in a direction that I was initially pretty resistant to. So I thought, fine, I'll see how it goes. And it just snowballed from there. So I was doing a ton of families. Um, and then I decided, you know what, let me try this wedding thing. So I got on Craigslist and I saw that people were asking for, for free wedding photos. And I was like, I don't have any experience. So we're kind of a great match because I wanted to try it out and see if I was, if I was actually up to the job. Mm -hmm. Um, and it just went from there. It literally, I did like three free Craigslist weddings. Then I took my first wedding for $500 using those Craigslist wedding photos as advertising on Facebook. Cause I was only on Facebook at this time. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it just went and like within three years, I was traveling the world, photographing weddings. Holy shit. That's like quite the pipeline. Like it, it really, really is and without, without that. Yeah. And then without the bad shit that happens, which is something I've, I'm 35 now. So something I've really come to realize is that horrific traumatic time of my life was so necessary in my evolution uh toward my higher self which is what I'm you know we're all working toward now um mm -hmm. just being the best version of ourselves that we can but I never would have been a photographer without all of those things happening in a row yeah no it's very much it's hindsight always as everyone says the cliche of like 2020 but it is crazy to look back on moments like that that could have like that felt earth shattering like I just think about like the times in my life that felt like rock bottom and how those were easily the times where like the best thing ever was coming right around the corner um yeah. did you anticipate making it a full-time career or did you think it was going to be like a let me do this until I get back up it was my a, feet? it was a side hustle that's all it was it was a side hustle I was trying to supplement my income while my husband found a job and he did eventually because we had been living on our farm it was his grandfather's farm and when grandpa died he left the farm to my husband with his mom as the trustee. And she is like a textbook 2020 narcissist type individual. Great. Um, so she was like, I'm not doing any of that. I hate my children. They're out of here. I'm in, I'm the queen of the world. So that's sort of the catalyst to the whole situation with me becoming a photographer. But it was just, I just thought it was for the moment. I didn't know it was for, you know, a decade. Did you... Because I think one, I didn't know that story. That's so cool to learn. Thank you for sharing that. Did you, mm. I feel like it also just gives so much context to your work and how emotional it is, which is my next question, which is like, how did you find your style? Is that it's very you. So I know it's like always been there, but like, did you very quickly figure out what your voice was within photography or was this kind of like 
a learning curve? What was kind of that journey from doing it to full time? It's a constant evolution. You know what I mean? First, it was like, you know, when you start to do something, you're stuck on the technical aspects of how things work. But once you get comfortable with that, I started to really uh, find my groove. I used to get so excited. This is the thing that I'm working toward now, because I think I've come into sort of a a bit of a midlife crisis, a mid thirties crisis right now, where I I feel like I kind of lost base with the reason why I do what I do um, in terms of doing it for myself as an outlet. So it it had that beautiful uh, double effect of being a means of making money, but I also discovered myself and, and self-expression through photography. So I'm a big advocate for take your life and take what you're going through and use other people as conduits to express that so that it, it's a little bit of them and it's a little bit of you. So it's a, it's a hugely symbiotic process. And I truly have built my business on that. Um, mm. I do think that photography is so empathetic and, and it's so crucial that you try to get to know your subjects um, and understand who they are and where they've been in order to better document document them in, in a more truthful manner. But it also can be something that you're using them to say something about yourself. So there's things that I put in photographs that are like moments of my life um, replayed. And I'm the only one that knows, which Mm -hmm. is beautiful. And and it makes it more personal. And it also lets me say things to people I want to, mostly my husband, when when I used to struggle, we weren't, before we had really like worked out things about our marriage, we used to have this wall between us where I couldn't really express myself, but it, because I wasn't allowing myself to. So I was using photography to kind of work that out. And I would make these photographs of other people that were representative of things that had happened in my marriage, um, and kind of show them to him and he would understand what I was saying. So Mm. it's such a beautiful thing in that regard. And especially being a parent now, I have, I approach it from a whole different perspective now that I'm really understanding how time affects me as a parent. Ooh, I would love- a very long-winded ass response. I love a long-winded ass response. It's literally the whole point of a podcast. So we love (laughs) to hear it. It's less questions on my end. Um, I was going to ask, what has- has your life changed a ton in the last several years? Well, I mean, everyone's life has changed a lot, especially in the last couple of years, but like, how have you seen that manifest in your work since you do express like so much of yourself in your life situations through your work? How have you seen your work change? And like, how have you, but still kept like a consistency? This is not the most well-baked thought, but like, how have you kept a consistent portfolio, but also expressed yourself so genuinely and emotionally as your life has changed? That's a better way of phrasing it. Well, I think- I kind of, uh, I don't like consistency. I feel like we all, it's kind of, uh, puts you in a box, right? When you get stuck Mm -hmm. on that term consistency, especially I think with photographers, we get so stuck on editing and that was because of an, that was because of social media, because of the nine square situation where we were like, we can't change. We have to stay right here. People have to know what to expect. And yes, that, that does allow for, um, a basis of trust without meeting, the client first because they know what they're going to get out of you but what I do is I approach my clients as I don't want your story photographically visually to feel like it could have ever belonged to anyone else but you mm-hmm. um I am moved by my subject so I I, I practice a very subject-led approach to photography and I let them know that like yes I might change my editing completely wedding to wedding you should click on a blog post and it shouldn't feel like the one that came before it mm-hmm. um and I think that that has helped 
it's it's a reflection of my growth as a person and how I'm feeling at the time. I think that as artists, if you were a painter, you wouldn't paint the same shit over and over and over. You would have periods, right? You might have a blue period. You might have a floral period. Um, and I think that to not allow ourselves to expand in that way is doing a huge disservice to who we are as human beings and who we are as business owners and what we can bring to the table for our, our people who are hiring us to be their eyes. Ooh, I'm obsessed with that. Cause that's such a, it's kind of a hot take. Like that's not like you said, like that's kind of the antithesis of a lot of things that get said in the industry. And I think it's such a testament to the fact that like, you literally can't do whatever you want in this industry. Like, I think that's one of the things people get really, really like hooked on and like really like narrowed in on, I don't know, but like, they're like, I need to their growth. Yeah. It really stumps their growth and they like feel like they need to do everything the way everyone else is, whether that's in tactics, technical terms, style, whatever. Whereas like, you're literally even saying that you don't even have to have a consistent style. Like that can be your thing is the lack of consistency. Um, did you do that straight out the gate or like, what was that like as you became such a big and amazing name in the industry as you should? Um, like I can, I can always see that it's your work. I think that's one of my favorite things about you is that even though you do like not even search for consistency, the way that you capture your subjects is very, very noticeable and different. And in a way where like, I can pick your photos out of a lineup. Um, how that's did like the biggest you... compliment ever? Thank you. It's yes. No, you're, uh, that's why I was so excited. Cause I was so excited to hear about your artistic process because it, it is so clear that there is one. Um, how did you, especially in the beginning, find communicating that to potential clients? Like how did that narrative go? Well, I did it. That's what happened was I was just showing up. I wasn't, I was knowing what I wanted out of the situation. Right. I was, I was wanting that excitement. My, my favorite feeling used to be showing up to a session and then going manically crazy, shooting all the things. And I have, I think we all have ADHD. Let's just blanket that and just say, we all work from this place of like manic energy when we're in creative flow and when we're excited. So I would be jumping around, but I would be so excited to see what I got when I got home. It wasn't like I was really focused on getting one specific thing. It was like, for me, it's more like trying things. Like if I want to go through a double exposure phase, I'll just do a million different kinds of double exposure because I'm interested in that. And that really drives my creative process, or it could be something different. Like the people I'm just so like, they become muses. Sometimes, you know, when you shoot someone and you're like, Mm -hmm. I can't get enough of you. There's something about the way you hold your hands that just drives me wild. I want to photograph you a million ways. And it just spurs, you know, one thought after another. So that's what I used to be. I used to be this manic energy bouncing off the walls and I still get into that. But the problem was that I used to hit walls with couples because I wasn't expressing, I didn't even know what I wanted, but I wasn't expressing Mm -hmm. to them what the result could be. I wasn't expressing to them what my process was. I wasn't feeling the parameters of what they were comfortable doing. So when I would go in, I was never afraid to ask for them to do things, but when they would say no, it would crush my soul because I would have had something like in my mind that I was so fixated on getting. And when I didn't get that, it would ruin the whole, the whole rest of the experience for me, even though maybe I wasn't outwardly showing it, the disappointment was something that I had to deal with. So I thought to myself, and I, this also comes from me living so much in the masculine and realizing that I am about control and achievement and like making sure that every I'm checking all the boxes instead of just living in being and accepting. Mm-hmm. So that's what another side note of what I'm working on now. But 
from this need to control, I started doing this couples questionnaire with my clients where I'm sending everybody a questionnaire, wedding clients, family clients, couples clients. Um, and I'm asking them, are you comfortable with nudity? Are you, uh, do you guys like kiss with open mouths in public? There's so many things that we need to know as photographers. And I want to know, how do you want your photos to feel? What are you going for? Because so much of photography for me, and I think I see it in the industry still, is about the photographer and not about the subject. So that has been my evolution as I started out being about myself and just getting my own, getting off on my own with the photographs. Like, yeah, they would like it, but that was secondary to what I wanted. Yeah. So now I'm like, we are, we are in this together. It's a symbiosis. And let me express to you why it's so important that it is this way and why my process hinges on this. Um, so within that, I had to take control in a way that was like, hey, this is what I want to do. Let me meet you in the middle and tell you my ideas based on your comfort level and what you're wanting your session to feel like. So it became this stew of all of our ideas together. And then I performed based on that, as opposed to just going in there and running wild mm -hmm. and maybe pushing the boundaries of what they were comfortable with. I love that. Do you, that's always my response. It's like one of those things I have to catch myself saying, cause it's become my, um, it's just like a really quick, I love that. And then I go on to my actual I love that. thoughts. I, know. I love that. I do the same um, shit. Yeah, it's fine. Um, but I do love that. That is genuine. Um, what have you found? I feel like the photography for ourselves versus like collaboration with our client pipeline, almost everyone goes through. Like, I feel like it's pretty rare for me to meet a photographer. That's like, oh, it's always been about the client. Like, I don't care about the yeah. artistry. Like everyone kind of starts it yeah. by loving photography, being upset, or at least kind of crushed or embarrassed when their clients don't want to do a certain pose as you've walked the pipeline to more of a collaboration-based photography style. How do you feel that's changed one, your artistry, but also just like you as a person? Because I think that's, I know I won't, no, actually, I'm not going to answer for myself. I would love to hear from you. <laughs> I think that it's um, opened my eyes in an, in an empathetic, it's moved me more into an empathetic style of photography because I always was more hung up on what I wanted to get out of it. And I really would, I wanted them to be happy, of course, but I didn't mm -hmm. take their feelings into consideration, how they wanted their photos to feel, who were the people that were attending these weddings that were like the stars of their life that I needed to give extra time to. Those were not things that I was asking mm -hmm. six years ago. Like I am now, now I'm, I go up to mom and dad on the wedding day and I'm like, mama, what can I give you? That's a, that's a portrait of your child today. Because as I have watched my oldest son. He's about to be 14. I'm like, holy shit, this is going to be me. And I'm going to be pissed because I also uh, conversely have a no parents policy. Like your parents are not going to email me. However, I still want them to feel included. So mm -hmm. I'm going to go up to them and I'm going to just sweetly butter them up because I want them to feel like they were part of the process. Because I'm going to be fucking furious if my husband or my son's photographer doesn't really take into account the fact that this is a huge day for me. This is my child. And he's having a huge moment in his life. And I also, I mean, like it's part of my evolution as a human. Mm -hmm. So I think that this process has, and being a mother too, has really affected my photography in a huge, huge way. But in the last year, I've really, really had my eyes open to being more empathetic of what the couple wants out mm -hmm. of their wedding photos. And I'm not talking to Pinterest board. I'm talking like, who are the people that you love? Put their names down. So that I can see where they're sitting, so that I can understand your relationship to, with them and how they've affected your life. I want to know these things. So with my couples, I'm going through this really long process of 
being involved with them all the way from, from A to C. I don't just show up on the day and take photos or reach out to them a month before. I'm with them every step of the way. And, but I don't force myself either. I'm like, mm-hmm. Hey, I'm here. This door is open. You can walk in anytime and I'll be available for you. Um, but it's just really, really about collaboration, like you're saying. And I used to just be a one-man show. And I think also from social media, we are all, photographers think that they're fucking rock stars, but you are doing humanity a service and you need to recognize that it is a huge responsibility to document someone's wedding or life at any period of time because they will never get back. Mm, yeah, no, it's so true. It is a social media has changed the landscape of it so much, which I don't know about you, but when I first started, social media was like, it was a thing, but like, it wasn't like this. Like it was something we checked like maybe once a day. Um, Mm -hmm. how have you, hmm, I'm trying to decide where I want to go next, where you do have such an intentional and personalized approach to getting to know your couples and like, wow, incorporating their story and their feelings and their emotions into your photography that can be a lot, right. To like take on so much human emotion. I think that's also like, that's one of the reasons why I stepped out of weddings after my divorce, because I was like, I, I can't even take the emotional way of weddings anymore. Like it was, and I was like, that's a disservice to my clients. Um, like it's a, it's a lot of emotional work to be a wedding photographer. And I, I don't think people just getting into the industry don't realize how many good and more negative or hard emotions you're going to witness. And that can take a personal toll on you. How have you balanced the most long-winded question ever? Have you balanced such an empathetic approach to weddings with having a personal life, being a mom, being a wife, making sure that you're not burning out or that you're not, you know, having such a huge emotional exchange with your clients and like making sure you still have a full cup at the end of the day. What is that process? I haven't, I haven't at all. (laughs) And so that's where where I'm at right now. When Mm -hmm. I'm talking about being in a midlife crisis, I have woken up this year and here, I think that we, we can all in the wedding industry. And I think just generally speaking, when 2020 shut everything down, we suddenly had this basket full of work that had to be dumped into another year. So it was like double the work, double the responsibility for me. I travel for 99.999%. I do not work in my own state. So I live on an airplane. So Last year, I realized a couple months ago that I had somehow shot 34 weddings between September of 2021 and end of October of this year. And I have never photographed that much, but I could not figure out why I was, I knew I was going too much, but I have just been exhausted. I have been burned out. There have been clients. They did not get, they got the best of me on the day of, and I am proud to say that. Like I show up and I, I fucking work. I leave it all at the door, but in my client experience, those people who have been in that, there's some of them that didn't get everything that I give to so many others. And that was a huge wake up call for me because I just felt like this is not, this is not fair. It's not fair to me. It's not fair to my family. It's not fair to those couples. So what I had to do was, um, for 2023, I said, I'm not doing, I'm not doing this again. 2019 was beautiful. And then everything went to shit. So Mm -hmm. I've been so unhappy. I haven't been caring for myself. I haven't been doing any like self-work. I stopped meditating. I stopped going to the gym. I was just work, 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 work. Um, And I also homeschool my kids. So it's been been a lot. Oh my God. It's been a lot. That's a whole other part of my life. You're Um, a literal superhero. I can't even wrap my head around that. Well, but I also... I also dive without thinking and I've really become aware of that. How I say, oh yeah, I can do that. That'll be easy. I'll just hop on a plane here. And three days later, I'll hop on a plane. It's no big deal. I'll get rest the next week, but I don't 
operate that. My operating system is not, does not, is not made for that sort of a, a hustle culture. And I've come to really realize that. So what I did for 2023 was I said, I don't feel like I can say no to inquiries. So I'm outsourcing it. So I hired an assistant who's magic. And I said, if you see that I'm booked, unless it's something like, you know, wild and you think I need to look at it, don't show it to me. Um, send out my booked email with my, with my referrals. And I don't even want to know that it came through because I have, I'm such a yes person and we get these beautiful love letters. And it's like people who have been following you for five years and they knew since they were, you know, this age that they wanted you to photograph their wedding before they even had someone. And it just tears at my heart. And I will say yes. And I know that enough about myself to say, I'll say yes. So I decided I'm taking one a month. So I'm doing, I'm actually doing 13 for the year. And that's it. I'm not doing anymore. Um, And I want to do other things. I love education. I have so many ideas for stuff that I want to do and I don't allow myself time. And also I need time to be inspired. Um, I'm big into human design. I know, but I, what are you? I'm a projector. What are your lines? uh, Is that what they're called? The numbers? I don't know what the, I know I'm a six to life path. uh, I'm an emotional projector. Okay. I don't know. I don't know much about it. I just know that I've studied what the projector means Mm -hmm. and it's validated a lot of things about me and also helped me correct things, Mm. Um, which has been really amazing. I've never been into Enneagram or any shit like that. Um, I read horoscopes for fun, but for some reason, human design just spoke to me and I also use it to parent my children. I don't, I really ignore the life path stuff, but just the, the categories are so fascinating and I find them to speak so much truth to who everyone is. And it's mm-hmm. really, really revolutionized the way that I raise my kids as well. That's super fucking cool. I'm like, I also, am just very fixated on the fact that all of this is combined with you being like homeschooling your kids. I like cannot yeah. wrap my head around that. That is amazing. No, we don't do like a curriculum. We are uh, in a, what I would call an eclectic homeschool. We unschool. So I am a very, whatever my kids want to learn about, that's what they learn about. Um, Mm. we are very child led and whatever their interests are, my goal is to just facilitate them and chasing that for however long or short it is. And then moving on to the next. Love that. That's an amazing gift to give your children. Like that is phenomenal. I really, really love that. I'm really enjoying it so far. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, I would take that and implement that if I ever wanted kids, but for now I'll just, I'll just cheer (laughs) you on from the sidelines. That's really beautiful. I appreciate it. Um, what's next for you then? It sounds like there's been like a lot of growth and changes. And like you said, I think no one's, no one's entering 2023, the same person they were in 2019, um, Mm -hmm. which obviously everyone changes year to year, but the last three years have been a lot of Mm -hmm. change. So what, what are you looking forward to next, both as like a business owner and a human being? Um, I'm looking to rest. I'm looking to rest so that I can step into creative expansion because I need it. 2020, I'm going to be honest with you. This is the best year of my life. It was the Love best that. year of my life because I had time. Like I started painting and I started writing again and I realized, oh my God, I have interests. Um, whereas before I wasn't working near as much, but I still was giving myself over to it way too much. And then 2020 was, you know, a, you had to stop. You had mm-hmm. no choice but to stop. Um, and I learned so much about myself. And then I just went full swing, full bore into 2021 to now. Uh, and I've learned, I feel like I've just 
had an expansion pack thrust upon me, which is great. I've learned a lot of hard lessons this year about how I don't want to be, how I don't want to run my business, but also I've learned so much about how I do. Uh, so mm -hmm. I'm implementing those things going forward. I am trying to just really focus on just being and not forcing anymore, not pushing my way through life, not worrying. I really just want to be right now in this minute here with you and not try to pass judgment so much on myself um, mm. and just rest. I love that. That is so beautiful. And I think something that create humans in general, but like creatives really need to hear is just like how needed rest is and recharge so and presence. And like, I feel like we're always so focused on the next like portfolio piece or booking or job or it's just scaling. the hustle, man. It breaks you. It absolutely it, breaks your soul. It really does. It really does. Um, so I love that. That is a perfect lead into the last question I always ask our I, I always ask our guests, which is one of my favorite things to just ask people. Um, it doesn't have to be work related, but what is the best piece of advice anyone has ever given you? The best piece of advice anyone has ever given me. It's a big loaded. That's question. a huge question. That's a really, really massive, massive question. Um, I think that the first one that comes up to mind right now is because I'm doing a lot of work on myself with a with a with a woman, with an energy worker, actually. Love. Um, which is something that I was I had to silence my skeptic. I still work on silencing my skeptic. And my ego is like, this is stupid. But the rest of me is benefiting so much from it that I'm like, shut the fuck up and get back in your box. Um, so I would have to say that she she told me to just she told what she said to me was what if you just allowed yourself to be whatever that is in the moment and stop trying to judge or force or make yourself move into the next thing because you think you have to, because what's happening this month is I got sick and then I, you know, like all these things happened and we went on a trip and I came home and I told her like, I'm just not ready to go back to my gym routine. I feel tired. I want to, I don't want to work. I want to go sit and watch a movie with my kids, or I want to hang up these pictures that I keep putting off because I'm like, nope, can't do that until I check my boxes. And she's mm -hmm. like, what if you just let yourself sit and your body receive rest and your mind receive rest until you were full and then you moved on. And I thought to myself, like, that is the most simple this most simple thing would just to be like, this is how I'm feeling today. Okay. This is what we're doing. We're not going to sit in judgment of it on some other level in our mind. We're just going to accept that this is what we need. Um, mm. And I have given myself permission over the last three days to do that. And it's been wonderful. And I don't feel like I'm getting behind. I keep saying, you know, nobody is actually waiting on me. I'm mm. just the one that's putting deadlines on myself. I, that's like, that's it that's the quote I'm like that's okay. so good that just like idea that we are really we are really the only deadline we set like no one else is ever going to hold us to those standards in the way that we no. hold it to ourselves and I think that's no. such a beautiful way to approach the new year too. just this yeah. idea to slow down and actually just be because I'm like, hoping to hang on to that because I know you know then we get out of the loop again and then I'm right back into old programming and I'm trying to just be like Shh, stop it <laughs> we're not shut up. And the more I become aware of it, the more I become aware of it. You know what I mean? Like the mm -hmm. more that I'm like, Ooh, I literally try to control every aspect of my life because I live in fear of mm -hmm. things going wrong or the unexpected. And I understand that that comes from so many different points in time, but how our body takes that and reprograms us to try to prevent all those things going forward is insane. Even to the smallest, smallest, smallest thing. I'm, I'm now aware of how much control I try to take over everything. Mm -hmm. I'm 
a similar type of, I'm like very type A, I'm a type one Enneagram, I'm a Capricorn rising. Um, mm. And do, do you do inner child work? I, okay, here's the thing is I am now doing, <laughs> I'm now doing it, but I was so resistant because I'm so resistant to, I mean, and I did not realize that I was like, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. like side-eyeing everything, every little word, like manifestation or inner child work. It was the term that I was resistant to. It's the terms. That. Mm-hmm. it's not the work, but I honestly thought I'm good. Like I'm fine. I moved on from all that. I don't need to, like, I don't feel like I carried it around until I realized that I absolutely do. And now I'm like, fuck man. Now I, now I have to just really face myself and things. But one of the other things that she told me that was so beautiful, she's like, it doesn't have to be work. You can just look at it and say it's there. And that's it. You don't have to do the, the, what the, how, because that's how I am about things. But she was like, you don't have to do any of that. You just, just say, there it is. And it's a part and you understand where it comes from and you release it. And it's a momentary thing. It's not something that takes years of therapy to work on if you don't want it to be. So that's, that's where I'm at right now. I'm just like saying, oh, didn't know that was there. And now I, now I recognize it. And now I understand how it affects me and bye-bye. Yeah, no, I think that's the word work is very daunting and one of my favorite things that I do and I, I have like every coach almost every single coaching client do when they first start is usually we do have those traits about ourselves. like you're saying like I have to have control of things mine is very similar I like feel like I always have to have control and I also feel like I have to prove myself mm-hmm. constantly and so over the years of therapy and also just sitting with myself during the pandemic I was like where did that start like yeah. what version of me did that start with um and there was like a very specific 18 year old version of me that um I held like a lot of resentment for for like making the wrong decisions and marrying my mm. ex And I was like, I hold so much just like hatred or like resentment towards that version of myself. And I think as inner child work goes, we always think of like a toddler or like, we don't realize it's just like a younger version of ourselves. One of of the things I did, and I always have my coaching clients do if they can identify like what it is that's holding them back or that's coming up that they're not liking is identifying the age that they can kind of tell maybe that started or something happened or there was a big event where it really manifested. And then like getting a photo of that age, like getting a photo of you when you were that age and putting it on your desk. And at first it was so uncomfortable. Like I remember I got like my freshman college ID and I had it on my desk and I would like look at her and I was just like, I don't like you. Like, I hate you. I was like, you made so many bad decisions. You stupid Uh, bitch. Yeah. No, literally. I I feel that so deeply. Yeah. And then I was like, wait, that's me. Like that is literally just me talking to myself and saying that I'm the stupid bitch. And like, it became like this practice of like, like you said, it doesn't even have to be work, but just like seeing her and being able to be like, Hey, I love you. Thanks for doing your best. And just like sending love towards her. And I think inner child work. Yeah. Like you said, kind of gets, it has a weird connotation. Sometimes I think people envision it as like this really weird work of like, yeah, because it it is the work. It's the word work that we're like, Oh, we don't want to, we don't want to crack that, that egg open. We already taped that back together. It's fine. Mm -hmm. But I feel the same way because I used to be a drug addict, a gambling addict. Um, and then I got pregnant at 21 and my son sort of saved me from myself in that period Mm -hmm. of time. But I was stealing things. I was like a totally different person. And of all the people that I've been in my life and all the people that I will be, I think I learned so much from her, Mm. that girl that was doing all those things. I learned so much about myself from what she was up to. So at this stage I have, I, I, there's still little things that I work to be like, Oh, we can let that go. That's okay. Mm. Like I, I made that mistake, but 
but it's okay because here we are now. And I feel um, it's mostly about mothering for me. It's mostly about mm. the things that I did at the beginning of being a mother um, that I told a lot of shame with, with myself. So working mm. to forgive that person is, has been harder, I think, than, than anything that happened during childhood um, mm. where I, cause I think that was the issue as I was saying, childhood is childhood, but it's not, it was really my early late teens, early twenties that I needed to work on big time. And that version of myself was not great, but also she is the reason that I am where I am. I love the idea of just like thinking of what you learned from them, those versions Mm -hmm. of ourselves, and like how, yeah, I always think of that version of me is the reason I'm here. Like that's how I got here. She's that a very, I don't maybe didn't love the path, but she chose it and it's still led here. So I think that's a really beautiful way of thinking of it. Thank you so much Larkin for coming on and thank you for having me so many like beautiful nuggets of wisdom from everything personal to business I mean that's the whole premise of the podcast but it's always like such an honor to witness and hear so thank you so much I appreciate you so much Eden it was I had really had a good time I would do this a thousand times it was so good I'm glad that it lined up no me too we will make it an annual tradition Um, I love this yeah we love that can you let us know where we can find you on the internet we'll link everything in the show notes but so they can hear it from you as well yes I'm super negligent of my social media as far as posting goes but I am in my stories pretty regularly so at Larkin Kendall and it's L-A-U-R-K-E-N it's Lauren with a K my sister's name is Lauren so my younger sister so my mom blew her creative load when she dropped that K in my name Uh, so it's Larkin Kendall and then I'm LarkinKendall.com or you can go to motherphotographer.co if you want to see my little membership education platform I got a really amazing amazing group of women in there oh that's amazing thank you so much thank you amazing to meet you I hope that we get to cross cross paths soon let me know if you're ever in New York in the flesh I absolutely will you're incredible truly okay it was so nice to meet you and thank you guys for listening and we'll see you next time Mm -hmm.